0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. One, two, three, four. This is G. Marie coming to you live and in full effect with G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. For this podcast, um, we are on episode 5. Oh, wow. It, that's crazy. Can't believe that. And um, I am so proud of myself. I'm still going. Uh, but for this podcast, I am going to talk about the eat pray love travel segment nyc my trip to new york was breathtaking um simply because i've never been to new york this is my first time and i was just so excited about going it's so weird um the the just the atmosphere like all together it was just like everything was moving so fast i feel like new yorkers really understand the concept in time like time there's no time to waste any time basically and i got to see so many amazing things i actually went for the um the dance teacher summit there in new york new york new york and it was just Amazing! It was the most amazing experience, and I'm so glad I had the chance to go. Um, I actually went with a group of women that I work with at the dance school um, where I teach at from time to time, and we talked about this trip in January. And the last time I was trying to go, I couldn't go uh, due to unforeseen expenses, um, aka my Volvo basically shitted bricks, and I had to take care of that. So that was all of my New York money, but. This year, I made it a point to finally take my ass to New York. And when I say it was worth every penny spent, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, eat, pray, love, travel, NYC. Um, We ate so much food (laughs) in NY. Um, So... Last week was restaurant week, NY restaurant week. So there were a lot of different um, restaurants that we had a chance to go to and partake in the restaurant week. So a lot of the meals um, were between like 40 and $45. So we had the chance to go to, um, it's like a Texas de Brazil in New York. And the food was really good there. Um, the only thing I did not like was the rice. Um, the rice was really crunchy, and I feel like they hadn't changed it out in a while, but everything else was really good. Um, and then I also had the opportunity to go to Ruth Chris for the first time, and they were also um, partaking in restaurant week. We have a Ruth Chris here um, in Michigan, it's in Troy, so it's really not that far from where I stay at. But Ruth Chris is, you know, it costs some money. So if you're taking somebody out on a date, Um, I definitely suggest Ruth Chris. Um, but the food was really, really good there. I had the filet mignon with, um, what, crab filet mignon with, uh, what do you call those things? The jumbo lump crab cakes. Yeah. The jumbo lump crab cakes, um, the mashed potatoes and some other vegetable. I can't remember, (laughs) but it was really good. I mean, like the steak was like butter when you put it in your mouth and, even the wine was amazing at Ruth Chris. Um, it was such an experience. So I'm so glad that I got a chance to partake in the the food as them. Um, I didn't get a chance to really take a lot of pictures of the food that I ate. And usually I document um what I eat, you know, whenever I'm just out and traveling. Um, but I was so excited to get a slice of New York pizza and a New York hot dog. That was probably like the first two things I wanted when we got there. Um I love food and I love trying new food, but I like eating um where the locals eat. So I don't try to do tourist things. I try to do as much local stuff whenever I visit a city, um, whether it be for work or for um pleasure. And the food was really, really good there too. Um, there's another place, it's like a street food called the Hala Guys, and um it's like Middle Eastern street food and it's really, really, really good. Um, if you ever go to NYC For food and for shopping, um, I definitely suggest bringing cash. Like everything in NYC, um, they take cards, you know, in certain places. But a lot of the street foods, they don't take credit cards. So they take cash. Um, So definitely bring cash if you ever go to NYC. But I strongly suggest um, anybody that goes to NYC, like really go for the shopping and for the food and for the sightseeing. Um, But there's always something new to explore from what I've been told and I'm just really really excited you know of the fact that I actually went and conquered my fear of going to New York and I don't mean like actually visiting the place but partaking in the summit and taking class in NYC and I'll get into that um towards the middle of the podcast we'll talk about the dance summit a little bit more um, so there is a Bible scripture that I started meditating on. Um, and it's Psalms 1828. And um, I actually just started meditating on that scripture today because um it's a lot going on right now, and life is kind of moving and shaking for me, and I've literally just been living in my suitcase for it seems like a month or a month and a half so I've just been traveling 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 and my body was starting to fill it <laughs> even when I was in New York and especially last night when I finally got back home from New York it was like my body was just shutting down and um the Bible verse uh Psalms 28 and I, I'll actually read it but it says um you, O oh Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And the um the devotional that I was reading today basically just talked about how, you know, often at times we experience a lot of darkness in the world, a lot of adversity, and we forget to turn to um, our higher being. And I've mentioned this before. I noticed that when I don't meditate or even read my devotionals, my life is like really chaotic. But when I actually take time, to talk to the higher being, um, it's it's a lot different. I can finally focus and really just figure out things that I need to figure out. But um, some of you, I don't know if you've ever been to church and you felt like the pastor was talking to you whenever he had a scripture. Well, that's kind of how I felt during my devotional today. And I didn't read or meditate when I was in NY. Um, Simply because I I just knew like we would be moving and shaking. But again, that's my fault. Um, It was nothing personal or anything. Um, I just knew that we would be, you know, getting up and getting dressed and heading straight to either our seminars or um, dance classes early in the morning. So life was moving really, really fast. And it was really like crowded at the summit in the hotel as well uh, where we stayed at. Actually, we stayed stayed in the Hilton um, downtown in New York, New York. It was cool. Um, Our room, though for whatever reason the carpet didn't smell amazing so we had to keep for breezing the damn carpet but the uh other two ladies that I stayed with I mean we're all you know very clean women we take care of ourselves so we knew it wasn't any of us but I mean it was it was cool though like the hotel is still nice it was just our room I kind of felt like it was a little stuffy and we could have had more space at least and we didn't but the other two homegirls that went on a trip with us, they had more space in their room. But you know, I, I talk about that later. But yeah, other than that, um, what did I love about NYC? I love the hustle and bustle about it. Um, the first day or two, I actually was ready to go home <laughs> because um New Yorkers are they're kind of similar to Detroiters, but they're not. Like I said, they understand the concept of time like there's no time for bullshit like we have to keep moving we have to keep going um I swear like people are honking their horns every two seconds in New York but that's because there's no time to waste like we got to get shit done we got to get moving you know you're in the way either you're gonna get out of my way or I'm gonna move you out of the way and the first you know day or so like I just I wasn't ready for that and I'm a, you know, pretty understanding person, but I have an attitude problem, too. And I know my attitude. And there were some comments that some people made in New York, and I had to kind of catch myself from cussing people out. But the more and more I stayed in New York, the more and more I started to fall in love with the city, like almost to the point where um, I had a conversation with a friend and I strongly considered moving there next year and i i travel for my job and i love visiting different places but never had i ever had such a strong feeling to move to a city off of impulse like i love new orleans seattle was cool um where else i mean atlanta like that's another detroit too but nyc like there's something really special about new york and just how the people are, how the people interact with each other, how, um, busy it is. Like I like falling asleep to the sound of the city because I'm a city girl. I grew up downtown. So the fact that I'm actually staying like in a quiet area now, it's, it's relaxing sometimes, but it's, uh, rejuvenating for me to like stay downtown in certain cities, Because it just reminds me of the grind. It reminds me of the hustle. And it makes me um, look forward to getting up and just like really getting shit done. And there's so many influential people that either came out of NYC and made it or it's, it's people there now, um, a lot of influencers, bloggers, videographers, just people that stay there and mostly women that I follow on Instagram. And they're so amazing. And they're all in New York. And I'm like, I need to be around those women. I need to be around my tribe. And like I said, I love my city. I love Detroit. I mean, every time I come home, it's, Like, being reunited with a long-lost friend. I mean, the food here, our our culture here, like, everything is different about Detroit. But maybe it might take for me to leave to really appreciate what I have here in Detroit. But NYC was definitely the place. And, I mean, I won't get into it (laughs) because, again, it was a thought, but I am strongly considering the move next year around my birthday so we'll see we'll we'll talk about that later so where will i be traveling to next well i gotta go back to cincinnati uh for two weeks so i will be there and the plan is for me to try to record as much as i can too um while i'm still here in the city But I think I'm going to actually take my mic out there or get another mic so I can record while I'm in Cincinnati for two weeks. Um, I'm going out there for work again. And, you know, I like Cincinnati. And I'm actually staying in a different hotel this time. Um, I can't remember the name right now. I'll have to look it up later. But it's a different hotel. So I am excited about it. But I'm also, you know, skeptical because when I go to certain places, I like to stay at certain hotels, so I already know where I need to go, and I kind of just organize my trip based on where I stay when I go to Cincinnati. So yep, so I'll be in Cincinnati um, for two weeks, and I'll—I guess I can do another eat, pray, love, travel Cincinnati part two. But eventually, we will get into some of the chapters in my book. Probably on the next episode, I will start disclosing that information. So let's get into it the meat and potatoes the dance teacher summit uh, 2018 in NYC so obviously um for those that do not know me I have a background in dance I'm a bachelor's of science in dance from Wayne State University and I graduated from the uh, Maggie Alicee dance Departments. And they actually changed the name to <laughs> in 2014 um I've always danced my entire life since I was five And recently, I kind of stopped dancing. I focused on teaching, but really my passion for dance dwindled a lot. And that was solely because of the BS I was experiencing um, as a contract worker for the city and trying to run my business and still have people understand that what I'm doing is just as much of a career as anything else. And sometimes I don't think... People really take that seriously. I think they just think that dance is just people walking around in tutus and, you know, sprinkling fairy dust on themselves and shit. But it's not like it's so much more. And the fact that I have a bachelor's of science in dance makes my degree um, worth something. So because I felt like people weren't respecting that. And and I know I was attracting the wrong type of customer that as a result kind of pushed me away from pursuing dance even further, even in my business. But when I went to the summit, um, there were a couple classes that I took. So I took one with Mia Michaels, and she's a contemporary choreographer. She's been featured on So You Think You Can Dance. And her work is just it's phenomenal. And if you ever get a chance, Google her or YouTube her work. And she's not what you call the average size dancer like we're built the same we both thick big booty big hips all of that but her presence for her to be in the game as long as she's been in the game she's so nice like she's amazing her spirit is just it's beautiful and i really enjoyed taking her contemporary class um it definitely it got me out of my comfort zone one because i hadn't taken contemporary like god knows how long or better yet i haven't danced like that since I was you know in college so for me I was just getting reacquainted with everything but I'm so glad that I had the chance to take her class and she really um offered some amazing words of wisdom to us and it, it wasn't a dry eye in the room honestly but I think we all needed that even as instructors because it can get really hard when you're in your profession and you're always striving for perfection um and that's with anything that you do so I, I appreciate her absolutely for that contemporary class and for as I will call it my first session of therapy. Now, the second class that I took <laughs> her name is Trisha Miranda. Trisha Miranda is a hip hop instructor and she has done a lot of work with a lot of different artists but her the the thing that I remember the most is she did three on a video. Bitch better have my money. And, I mean, after that, I I just, I fell in love with her choreography, too. And I took her hip-hop class. Sore as hell. That was, like, my fourth class of the day that Saturday. Uh, My shins were killing me. But sometimes, like, you have to, like, push through the pain in order for it to kind of, like, leave. So I had to take the class to get rid of my shin splits, which they're just, like, severe. Um and <laughs> there was a time where like I was you know dancing and she kept looking at me and she was just like yeah yeah do that do that shit and I was like oh, okay and you know I'm, I'm shy I'm really an introvert a lot of people think I'm so outgoing but really I'm. Um, I keep it to myself and towards the end like she started separating us in like different groups so by age and um by like style and how some people kind of feed off of each other's energy and when she called me out. I was like one of the first people she had called out when we were doing like our second group or something. And she just pulled my hand. and She was like, I want you to stand in the front. And I'm like sitting there. I'm blushing. My eyes are starting to water up because there was a time where I was so afraid to go to New York and take classes or even audition for anything because of my weight. And dealing with that, that within itself was so discouraging. And I kept dealing with it. And eventually, when people keep calling you fat or telling you you're not good enough to do something because of your weight, especially being a dancer, it creeps into your psyche. And then after a while, you start to believe that you're not good enough. So... To go to New York and to do what I did and to do stuff like that in front of these top name people, and then for them to recognize me, not because of my weight, but because of my talent. Like that, that meant even more to me. Like that's what made the trip worth it. All the cash that was spent, all the food we ate, all the wine we drank, all of that, like that was fun. But the experience that I got as a dance educator and facing a fear that I've always had. You know, feeling like I would never make it and why the fact that I was able to go out there and do that and basically show these girls like, yo, I still got it. I'm 30. I'm a size 16. My boobs are, you know, humongous. (laughs) My booty is big, too, but I can still keep up with the rest of them. So don't challenge me because I'm up for the challenge. And then that's the the arrogant side that tends to come out. But that's because I'm a Gemini. And I I know that. I mean, you know, you know, Gemini has got two personalities as, you know, a lot of people would say. But I went out there and I messed up a couple of times. But you know what, though? I did it. And I looked her in her eye. and was basically challenging her like, all right, you call me out here. Okay, I'm about to show you what I'm made of. And I post the video on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. I actually Decided not to post any videos on my business page just because, I mean, you know, there are people that know I can dance and stuff, but this was something that was so personal to me and for me to share this with the world. I didn't share it for the likes. I didn't share it for, you know, people to like blow my head up. I did that shit because that was my greatest fear being a dancer going out to NYC and just making a fool out of myself, not because of my talent, but because of my weight. So it felt good. To be recognized for that. And I was just so humbled by that experience. And so many different people came up to me. Um, even during the Mia Michaels class. During, um, tr- uh, sorry, Trisha Miranda's class. And then the last class that I took. And I needed to see this man and to meet this man. Wade Robson. If you ever, ever get the chance to sit down by a computer or even on your phone. You need to Google Wade Robson. His resume is so lengthy. <laughs> like, he has worked with Janet Jackson, Sync, Britney Spears. Matter of fact, he did the Britney Spears I'm a Slave for You video. That video was cold within itself. All, almost all the MTV awards. He did, I don't know if he did a couple of BT awards, but... To meet this man, and, I, and I'm gonna tell you this. I've always watched him like when I was a kid, and I grew up on Wade Robson. Wade Robson and um, there's another choreographer, but he's African American, and oh, Darren Hinton. And I'm gonna tell you this. I met both of them. When I met Darren Hinton, he was such an asshole, such an asshole, and and I stick by that. Simply because as an African-American who sees somebody doing something that I want to do, I aspire to do that. And you're on a channel that's um, targeting predominantly white people. That situation when I met Darren Hinton at one of his plays or whatever because I had to work. uh, I was working at this theater at the time. That was the most heart-wrenching thing because I grew up on Darren Hinton and Wade Robson those are my idols as far as you know choreography goes like those are like the two people that I was introduced to as far as dance goes or hip-hop should I say commercial hip-hop specifically but when I met Wade Robson that was like like God had to connect me with him for a reason and it didn't even have anything to do with just who he was but it was because of his story so he actually took a break from dance for about five years like fell off the face of the earth and it was the weirdest thing because he was so good at what he did like he was amazing came out with his own dance shoe and everything he had his own uh dance clothing line all of that and just Fell off the face of the earth during one of his um one of his seminars. Not not the, well, yeah, and even the class too. But during one of his seminars, he talked about why he decided to take a step back from dance, and his story was so impactful. And it was almost like this man took the book that I was writing about my experience, which is life in general. It was just reading it. And it was so weird because there were a lot of things that he experienced as a person that I experienced as well, but also as a choreographer. It was like, that was like my twin, my long lost brother or something. It was so weird. But this man is so humble. And the bravery he has to talk about a lot of the things that he had went through. And... To not use it to victimize himself, but if anything, to teach people something and to take a lesson from his book and to hopefully let somebody know like, hey, I went through it too and it's okay, but just know that you're going to get through it. It's going to hurt and you're going to have to go through that shit, but you're going to get through it. And he also had us do a lot of uh, meditating. So actually, no, I did meditate. He had us doing a lot of meditating and yoga before we actually got into, you know, a simple A-count. But I needed that. And that's mainly because um, as African-Americans, we struggle with mental health. And we are afraid, and it's not all of us, but some of us are really afraid to, like, talk to somebody. And for so long, I, I've i been trying to find an outlet As far as just releasing a lot of the negativity that has happened in my life. A lot of the adversity that I've experienced in my life. And therapy was always at the bottom of my list. And it's not that I was afraid of being judged. It's just I wasn't ready to face that reality. I wasn't ready to sit down and actually talk to somebody about my problems. Like sometimes I can just have a conversation with people about a lot of the things that I've experienced. And they just look at me and they're like, how are you? Able to talk to me without crying or getting emotional. It's it's because it's like I'm literally having an out-of-body experience. I'm stepping outside of my body. And I'm able to provide information to you. But it's like I'm not here. It's not coming from me. It's not coming from my heart. It's more so coming from my mind. It's just logic. It's just me um, giving you dialogue. But when you're in therapy, everything comes from the heart. And that's what I'm not ready to experience. And I wasn't ready to experience it until I took Wade Robson's um, seminar. And he talked about so many things. And I know if I go into detail, I, I'll i be sitting here crying on this podcast. So I'm not going to get too much into detail, but I will say this. um, A lot of the stuff that he talks about, I cover a lot of that in my book, uh, Chronicles of a Bitter Bitch. And... What I'll do is I'll, I will make the next episode solely on one of the chapters from my book and we'll dig a little bit deeper into, you know, not only what Wade talked about, but also a lot of the things that I experienced and, um, you know, how I learned from those experiences and what you can take from my experience or what you can learn from my experience. But I now really feel like I should get into yoga. Because of that, Um, because yoga is just you you have a chance to really clear your mind and to really just be one with the universe and protecting your energy. That's so important. Like even now, there are things that I'm doing in my life to just protect my energy. There are certain things that I don't partake in to protect my energy. Certain people I don't follow on social media to protect my energy. Certain people that I don't talk to on the phone anymore to protect my energy. And even certain people I don't hang around with to protect my energy. But I'm doing it because I love me. I love me more. And I think that that is so important to protect your energy. When when we let negative things creep into our mind and into our hearts, And into our bank accounts. I mean just anything. Like when we let stuff like that. Taint our whole being. We start to crash. Physically and mentally. Spiritually and emotionally. And when I know that there is something. That is really affecting me. And I can't deal with it. Sometimes they say it's better to just face it. And to, to go through it. But oftentimes I have to take a step back. And remove myself from a situation. So. I am better able to clearly think about my response to that situation. I know my mouth, but I also know that God knows my heart and I'm working on my heart. But I'm also human. And there are just some things that we don't have to deal with as humans. But we allow ourselves to go through things when we don't have to go through it. Oftentimes, we can just take a step back and just say, you know, thank you, but no thank you. It's okay. I don't have to deal with this. And it's my choice. I'm in control of this situation. My grandma used to have me say uh, the serenity prayer a lot when I was growing up as a kid. And um, when I was younger, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And for those that don't know the prayer... um, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So there are things in our lives that we can't change. Death is inevitable. Um, Unforeseen life situations are sometimes inevitable. We can't change that. It's already going to happen. It's already in motion. We can't control that. But there are things that we can change. Like how we interact with people, places, or things. We don't have to always deal with everything that we don't feel is right in our spirit. There are times where I have to walk away from friendships. And it's not because I hate the person. It's just because our energies aren't meshing They're not aligning. And we as people, we have to surround ourselves with people that water our plants instead of always picking leaves from the tree. We have to continue to nurture ourselves, fuel ourselves. We have to take time out for ourselves so we're not having nervous breakdowns In the middle of work. We're not cussing people out. Over something so minute. Because of something else. That we're holding on to. And it's so amazing. When you get to a point where. You can realize that there are certain things. That you are in control of. Certain things that you are allowed to change. And you can change it. You are allowed to walk away. like It's fine. And there are also some things. That a lot of people do. That we don't agree with. But they have the right to protect their energy. I'm in a situation now where there's somebody that I really care about. And I mean, I really care about this person. But they're dealing with somebody that I don't approve of. Unfortunately, that's none of my business. That's not, I don't have to deal with that. Like that's, that's not my life. That's his life. Now, however, I have probable cause to feel how I feel. And I won't go all the way into detail because it's it's really personal. But sometimes we love people so much and we try to stay and we try to resurrect these dead relationships. But oftentimes we're on life support and we're just afraid to pull the plug. Let me go. Or better yet, walk away. There are times where we put ourselves in situations and we keep trying to grab onto a rope knowing that the rope is burning our hands and we're not getting anywhere. We're not climbing up the rope at all. As a matter of fact, we're sitting here with rope burn on our hands because we are afraid to let go. Sometimes, it hurts to let go, but it hurts even more to stay. Let me say that again. It hurts to let go, but it hurts even more to stay. We do not always have to stay in relationships because of history. We do not always have to go to that party Because our friends go and we don't want to feel left out. We don't always have to drink if everybody else is drinking around us. But we know damn well that if we have X amount of drinks, it'll make our body feel like shit. There are just things that we are in control of. And if your friends or family, when you... Explain to them, you know, how certain things make you feel and how you need them to respect those wishes. If they if they love you, they'll respect you and they'll respect your space and they'll understand that and give you time to heal or whatever it is that you need to do. But a lot of people oftentimes do things based off of their own um, selfishness. Which being selfish at times can be a good thing and a bad thing, but... If it is not serving me any good, then I don't need to be around it. I don't. And it took me a long time to really like understand that and to get that and to fully digest it. But now, because I am almost 30, I'll be 30 next year in June. I am protecting my energy. I am restoring my peace. I am vibrating on a higher scale because I took the time out to acknowledge the things that I could change I also acknowledge the things that I couldn't change and the wisdom to know the difference is even more magical so I'll, I'll leave you with this know when to hold them and know when to fold them Sometimes we don't always need an apology for something that somebody did. Sometimes we don't always need closure to walk away from something. Sometimes we don't need an explanation. And sometimes we don't even need to argue or even offer our opinion. Sometimes we literally just have to grab our bags, pack our things, and walk away. So... you ever have time I want you to sit and really write down a lot of things that are um, either serving you well in your life or not serving you any good and if you want to share them with me you can um you can send me an email my email is booking at gmarie com. that is b-o-o-k-i-n-g at gmarie media.com you can also follow my personal page on instagram and twitter at the g marie smith that is t h e g m a r i e s m i t h you can also like us on facebook too it's the same name the g marie smith um you have the option to follow my business page but for now we're going to focus on personal development, self-healing, self-care, getting rid of the bullshit and focusing on the good shit, stuff like that. So if you want to holler at me, you want to talk, if you want to send me something or even send me words of encouragement, because we can all, all use those always, just hit me up. And I look forward to kicking it with you guys on the next episode. Talk to you later.